0: Welcome to tonight's Saturday Night Special, episode 171.
1: I'm Michael Delon, and I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to build your credibility is key. And one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mater, And that was the beginning of my two-year prison term when I was at a job that I hated at a ministry that I loved. And after two years, I'd had enough. And I asked, I talked to my wife and I prayed. I said, God, I gotta get out of this place. He said, what do you wanna do? I said, I want to go help small business owners with marketing because they struggle with it. They hate it. I love it. And God said, go.
0: Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, Invest in others and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In tonight's Saturday Night Special, I interview Michael DeLon. I asked Michael about his career journey and his faith journey and how it has led him to helping others build their credibility. Michael also shares his book on marketing and why he feels it's so important to small business owners. And Michael also shares with you why getting clients is and what you can do about it. One area that a lot of folks need some help with is around the area of productivity. Getting not just more things done, but actually getting the right things done can be really tough. I've got a course called Productivity for Your Passion that's designed to help you do this and then to hold you accountable and walk with you so that you can tailor productivity not just to be getting more done, but actually getting the right things done. What's more, we take the approach of looking at your personality and how you actually look at things in the world and tailor the productivity system to your personality. Because the truth is, a lot of the systems that are out there are written really well for somebody with a particular personality type. But if you have a different approach to things, they just don't work. But there's tools and techniques and approaches that you can take that will work for anyone. And we help you do that in productivity for your passion. Check it out over at inspiredstewardship.com slash launch. Michael DeLon creates credibility. As the president of Paperback Expert, he helps business owners publish a book that positions them as the expert in their field. Business owners seek out Michael to clarify their brand strategy, make them best-selling authors, and set up their profitable podcast. They use his credibility marketing strategies to gain more clients, get more referrals, and grow their revenue. Michael is the husband of one and father of four. He's a committed follower of Jesus Christ who is deeply involved in his church. You can normally find Michael investing time with his family, reading a great book, or facilitating growth in the lives of those around them. Welcome to the show, Michael.
1: Scott, thanks for having me. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm super excited, man. Thanks. Absolutely. It's
0: great to have you here, and I'm excited to talk to you this evening. So let's talk a little bit about where you got started, your career journey, and what brought you to the point now where you're focusing on working with small businesses.
1: Yeah. Hey, great, great question. I'm going to tell you the long story in a condensed version. Okay.
0: Okay. Long Number story long, short, right? Long story <laughs> short.
1: Now I'm a follower of Christ. Been married 32 years to my wife. Got four kids, two biological, two adopted, and we were foster parents for eight years. The first five years of our marriage, Scott, just at each other because Jill and I are complete opposites, and although we both grew up in church, nobody ever taught us how to be married. And so after five years of conflict, we went to a family life marriage conference as the Ministry of Campus Crusade. They revealed God's blueprints for marriage to us. I didn't know we had blueprints for marriage. So that changed our life. We started getting involved with that ministry. And about, and I was working in Christian radio sales at that time and realized my clients did not want to buy Christian radio. They wanted to sell their products and services. So I had a decision to make. I could either become really good at selling or I could become really good at marketing. So I chose marketing. I bought the books, went to the conferences, followed the gurus, and learned how to do marketing for small business owners. So my business grew. Fast forward till 2000, God led us out of that Christian radio to a startup.com back when Amazon was just starting. (laughs) And I was selling banner ads and websites to car dealerships that didn't have anything. That company was ahead of its time. That means it went bankrupt. (laughs) And so I found myself in my living room looking up at the ceiling going, God, what am I supposed to do now? And he kind of spoke to my heart, says, Michael, I want you in a ministry to families. And I want you at Family Life, that ministry that changed our our marriage. And so we raised our financial support because it's a missionary organization. We moved from Indiana down to Little Rock, Arkansas, landed at Family Life in the radio department. I thought I was in Nirvana, dude. This was the job for the rest of my life. I served there. I loved it. Climbed the corporate ladder. I was on the leadership team. It took about six years to do that. And they started going through those corporate reorganizations, right? Mm -hmm. After the third one, I found that my name was no longer on the leadership team. And so they started shuffling me around the ministry to do all kinds of other jobs. And that was the beginning of my two-year prison term when -hmm. I was at a job that I hated at a ministry that I loved. Mm -hmm. And after two years, I'd had enough. And I I talked to my wife and I prayed. I said, God, I got to get out of this place. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go help small business owners with marketing because they struggle with it. They hate it. I love it. And God said, go. So on January 1st of 2013, I stepped out of ministry and I hit easy street. I started my own company. And as a marketing consultant, so I'd, I'd call you, Scott, i say, hey, Scott, I think I can help you grow your business. You'd meet with me. We'd have a great conversation. You'd say, now, Michael, what have you done in the last few years? I said, well, help build marriages and families and family life. <laughs> And you say, Michael, that's super honorable. Way to go. Oh, look at the time. I've got another meeting. Let's keep our conversation going. And you'd usher me out the door. And that kept happening. So I was living on savings. Savings were going down. I wasn't getting any clients. My stress level was going up. I said, I got to fix this. So I went back to my church one day of second floor. I was pacing the hallway saying, God, how do I help Scott? Because I know I can. And God gave me this idea to take all of my marketing strategies and put them in a book. And so I did. So I published my book on marketing back in 2013. And then I would call you, Scott. I'd say, hey, Scott, I think I can help you grow your business. We would set a meeting. I mail a copy of my book to you. Mm -hmm. A week later, I'd walk into your office for our meeting. There it was. My book was on your desk, dog-eared, highlighted, and underlined. You'd read my book. And in that meeting, you'd say, now, Michael, in your book, you said, how do you help me do that? And you'd hire me. And the next person hired me, and the next person hired me. And I thought, this is really cool. Why don't more business owners do this? Now, let me ask you a question, Scott. It's the only trick question of the day. Okay. Of the two meetings that you and I had, right? What what changed between those two meetings? Did my background of marketing and understanding marketing change at all? No. No. Did my background in ministry change? No. No. What changed was how you thought of me. When you got a copy of my book, I instantly became an expert in your mind. And when I walked in, you had pen in hand ready to take down the prescription I had for your challenge. That changed everything for me. That was the seed that got planted that today is called Paperback Expert, where we work with business owners to help them create a book without writing a word so that they can use that book to attract clients and get referrals and grow their revenue. That's my story. That's how I got to where I am today. A book changed my life. And I believe it's one of the best marketing tools available. So we just help business owners create their book. We'll talk some more
0: about the book and how that works and what you do with helping others write the book. But before we go there, I want to circle back because throughout there, you mentioned several times, God put you here, God put you there. You were hearing this is the direction. Loved what you said. You were in a, a job I hated in a ministry I love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. It's, and by the way, I was in a corporate company, but I still consider that a ministry because oh, of what we were doing. It, it doesn't have to necessarily be a quote ministry to be a ministry. Right. And I, I know you would agree. But oh, how my. do you think? How is your faith journey intersected with that kind of career journey? Why? How do you think God has shown up? In that journey
1: throughout it. Oh man, so many ways. So we were missionaries with family life, right? And as missionaries, we had to raise our own support. We had to come out to you, Scott, and say, hey, Scott, would you support us for $100 a month or two? And we had, we lived really by faith, trusting that God was going to provide supporters for us. Otherwise, we didn't put food on the table. Then I went out in business. Well, the same thing happens in business 10 years ago and today. OK, my business is based on faith in that God is going to put the right people around me. I need to go find those people, proclaim my message. But through the whole thing, I mean, it really drove me to my knees over and over. Because I'm honestly, dude, I, I came out of I came. I escaped prison with some pride thinking, well, I know everything about marketing, small businesses, right? I want to go help you. I started hitting brick walls and I started going, well, I'm the marketing guy and I can't get clients. What's going on? drove me to my knees, drove me back to the scriptures, going, what Lord, show me the way. Help me figure this out, God. And I think he used that to to bring a lot of humility in my life to go, dude, you're not as smart as you think you are. And to be reliant upon him and to use at the same time the brains he gave me. Right. right. When I first came up with this idea, let me show you I don't share this with many people. When I first came up with the idea of paperback expert, I thought, okay, I think this has traction, but I need to go to where the people are. Where is that? So in my town, it's BNI groups, okay? Mm-hmm, Network mm-hmm. groups. Yeah. And I remember on- Business sitting on Network my, International. Yeah. Sitting on my, on my a spa, in a spare bedroom on a bed with my computer looking at BNI groups. And I found two of them. One met at 7.30 the next morning and one met at noon the next day. And I picked up the phone. I called the person. I said, hey, can I come? And I remember going to that 7.30 a.m. meeting with about 40 business owners in the room. They're all doing their dog and pony show. I stand up, nervous as all get out, to do my one-minute thing, right? Nobody knows who I am. I'm like, I'm Michael DeLon with Paperback Expert. I can help you create your book without writing a word and use it to grow your business. And every head in the room just went, Whoosh, what? I mean, they just, it's like they had whiplash. They all locked eyes on me. They had never heard anything like that. This was 10 years ago. And at that moment, I thought, I've got something here. Mm. But it took God really pounding my pride and helping me understand, no, Michael, it's not you. Remember who gave you the idea. Remember who's led you this far. Remember that this is not your business. It's my business. And ever since that for the last decade, we still look at our company as God's company. We are just stewards of it. Here's what I tell people all the time. God has promised in the Bible to provide for me. Never worry about that. But he has never promised to provide for me through this business. And I have to guard myself to make sure this business does not become an idol in my life. And that has been an ongoing journey to continue to give up this business to God and say, Lord, I hope you don't close it. But if you do, that's okay. But don't do that, please. <laughs> yeah. and, but I, so but I'm really funny. enjoying it. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it, Lord. So it's been that that ongoing faith journey. I me mean, just having that relationship with Christ to go, this is where I am. And reading the Psalms over and yeah. over, because David really poured his heart out in the Psalms. So the other ones to go, okay, it's okay to complain to God. Is that okay? Okay, that's okay. Right, oh, here no, we go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: go read Jeremiah if you don't believe
1: that. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> the that, weeping that might- prophet. Our faith has just really grown in the last decade, twenty years of just seeing God do amazing things as we follow Him the best we know how. Golly, I make mistakes every day, but it's like God has grace. It's like in allowing me to extend God's grace to others, whether it's a whether it's a client who might not treat us well or teammates. How can we bless our teammates and give them bonuses or gifts or things that? They don't deserve. They're not expecting. That's okay. How do I extend God's grace and be that conduit of what he's given me? Because I've got way more than I deserve. I know that. So it's that journey. God's just shown up in so many ways that we just, it's just growing our faith. And we get to share it here. We get to share it with people in the community and say, this is how God's worked in our life. And he continues to do it. And it's really an exciting journey. Not always easy, but nothing (laughs)
0: And it, it, yeah, it, the funny thing is, a lot of what you're talking about right now, and I'm gonna, I, I was actually in BNI for a number of years, and I was actually a marketing director for BNI, so I did, or a, a managing okay. director rather for BNI, so I did, I helped other people that were running their chapters, and BNI is real big on what they call VCP, visibility, credibility, profitability. Mm-hmm. And I thinking back to your story with the book and walking into the room. Without even knowing it, you are hitting that language of, because the book is both, it's a visibility and credibility tool. Absolutely. At the end of the day, if I see your name on a book, oh, who's that? And right. and if you're calling, but you've also sent me a book, it's like, oh yeah, this is the guy who sent me the book. So I already know who you are to some extent. But yes. then there's also a certain amount of credibility that comes with it because rightly or wrongly, we believe that somebody who writes a book must know
1: something. That's right. <laughs> you know. that's what we do, yeah. My my line is in our culture, experts have books. And what's it mean to be an expert? Well, it means you know, just maybe a little bit more than the next guy, <laughs> or you. It, but you're right, and that's why. That's what causes people to choose to engage with us, to research us, is that difference. And we, yeah, we'll talk about the marketing and putting a book changes everything, but it really is. It changes the game. It gives you that visibility and the credibility to mm-hmm. communicate with somebody and to share what you have to offer. Yeah. Great- again, you still got to get in there and back it up and do
0: what you oh, said <laughs> and oh, deliver.
1: It <laughs> <is> <laughs> not. And I'm glad you said that because one of the myths out there that I fight every day is, Michael, I just want to. I want to publish a book because when I'm on Amazon, the floodgates open and the Red Sea parts and the world beats a path to my door. And I'm like, no, no, not time out. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> and so I have, I fight that every week with prospects, right? It's like, no, you're not going to get rich selling this thing on Amazon. Right. Here, here's why you need to be doing a book. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So let's
0: talk a little bit about, about your book, the On Marketing book that you, yeah. you put out in 2013. Why do you think, the concepts in those book, in that book is important to small business owners?
1: Yeah. So in, in on marketing, I deal with really foundational marketing strategies and ideas. Okay. They're not new to me. They've been around forever. I've just packaged them in a way because what I found is the subtitle of the book is how to stop gambling with your advertising and aim for the marketing bullseye. And I find small business owners are inundated with Marketing speak. Oh, you need to be on this. You've got to be on TikTok. You've got to be in Clubhouse. If you're not in Clubhouse, you're going out of business. If you do that, and it's okay, stop. You need strategy. You need a clear message that's going to separate you from everybody else. And you need to tell your story of why you're doing what you're doing because it's compelling. If you do those simple things and get get a message, and Mm -hmm. my book talks a lot about message, once you get your message right, the channel that you use to proclaim that message is secondary your audience is everywhere okay they're on facebook they're on linkedin they're on they're everywhere you don't have to be everywhere and small business owners can't afford to be everywhere they try to market like apple and you don't have the money to do that so my book is filled with strategies that are low cost no cost strategies and systems that a small business owner can start with. Because remember, I wrote this when I was a small business owner. I didn't have two nickels to rub together, right? Hey. It's a mindset of marketing. So I tried through the book to help people build a marketing matrix that they can view the world through and it helps them to stop chasing all of those shiny objects. The next thing that's going to make them a seven-figure business overnight. You know, right. Shut up. No, focus have a solid strategy, and be consistency. Consistency over time is one of my formulas. Yeah, That
0: well, and that of the do this and you'll become a seven figure business overnight. I think we've all gotten those pitches on LinkedIn or whatever. And they always seem to come in waves. And my thing is, oh, look, a whole bunch of people just graduated from the LinkedIn marketing class this week. You know. exactly what it is. <laughs> I got well, about 50 of them this week. They must have all graduated this
1: week. Yep. <laughs> you, yeah. No, that's exactly. They all take the same course, and, and then they just do say, no, 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 no. And no. it's
0: almost word for word the same message, too. It's very little change to the message. And I'm like, yeah, all graduated. They told you yep. to send this mass thing.
1: Yeah. and. It, it- and when, you, when that happens, what it is, it, it diminishes their credibility. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so that's why we really, we are very big as we work with our clients on relationship marketing and how do you build relationships online and offline. Today is a great time to do direct mail. If you do it right, walk to your mailbox today. Because people are it up getting a, less mail. How much mail is in your mailbox every day? Usually three pieces or less. So doing direct mail properly is a great thing to do, but it's not the only thing to do anyway. And again, like you said, to some
0: extent, and I'm a firm believer of this. I work with a program where we help other coaches up their coaching business and always comes in with the same problem. I need to get clients. Yeah. Duh. Uh (laughs) That's true of every small business on the planet, every restaurant, every plumber, every whatever. You got to get clients. That's the lifeblood of the business. And, but they always want to start with so, what tool do I need? What, where do I need to be? Yeah. As opposed to, like you said, what's your message? Who do you want to serve? What do they look like? What do they smell like? What are they after? What are their needs and what are your needs? And then we can start talking about where or what.
1: Yeah. And that's really important because, especially with the research people can do today on Google, everybody's researching and everything, but it's there, there are a dozen different. People in your market doing exactly what you do. Mm-hmm. How are you? Sep- how are you differentiating yourself from all of them? Okay, I was listening to somebody the other day, and they were talking about a. I think it was a plumbing company they were working with. They were consulting a plumbing company, and all right, so this is terrible. What are plumbers just known for in that industry? You, you bend over in their pants. Plumbers f- crack. On, the plumbing company said we wear belts. <laughs> and the guy said, like, What is that about? He's, like, We wear belts. We're going to make sure that we represent ourselves well. And he's like, That's your unique person. That's what's going to separate you. So they took that and that's what separated them from every other plumber. And now people laugh at their ads because they're so funny. And they say, Oh, yeah, come, I want to hire you because you're. It's a different message. They still fix pipes, plumbers, but they figured out a message that's different that resonated with their audience. And they're making fun of themselves in a sense of their industry, which I think Mm -hmm. is great. Mm -hmm. Too many times we think, no, I've got to be so professional. I've got to be the professional plumber. Okay, you can do that. But it's a lot more fun to be the plumber who wears a belt. It's just, (laughs) I just love that analogy to go, that's taking a message of who you are. And any Mm -hmm. business owner can do just that.
0: And it may not be you wear a belt, but there's something that you can use to distinguish your business from the guy down the
1: street. It goes back to my beginning, when you ask me, my prison escape story, I always start with that because it's memorable and people relate to it because there have been a lot of people who've been in prison, in corporate, oh, yeah. or whatever it's, so they get it. <gasps> There's a way to escape. Here's how I escaped. Might not be your escape plan, but there is an escape plan. And so that's what, that's what I, I because it resonates with people. When, so we've talked a lot about,
0: it's come up, write a book. Write a book. And yet I guarantee you when you said you need a book and I say write a book or whatever, immediately there's somebody out there that probably just threw up in their mouth a little bit yeah. <laughs> and, and got terrified. Like, oh, no, I've got to. Uh, oh, that's going to take so much time. That's going to take so much energy. I don't like to write all of the other excuses. Yeah. And I know you talk to people about write a book. And yet you also tell people not to write a book.
1: That's right. So, I tell p- yeah, explain that. I tell prospects and people all the time, never write a book. What I mean by that is don't type it out. Speak to write your book. So our entire process is we have writers who interview you because you're an expert of what you do and you can talk about it all day long. Our job is to help you get that content out of your head onto print, right? Whether you use our company or whether you're sitting there as a small business owner who's thinking about creating a book. Open up a Google Doc or a Word document. Build a quick outline of what what chapters that you want to talk about, right? What are the key things you want to talk about in your book? Put some bullet points underneath that and then hit the dictate function and it will record you speaking. And just start talking just like you were talking to a prospect and explain, tell stories. And what happens is Word document or Google, it will transcribe your words. And now you'll have about 70 or 80% of your book on paper. Now you can go back if you like to write and edit it, or I recommend just hiring an editor to, to help you. That's what I mean by never write a book because that blank screen, you don't know what to say. Or worse, you start typing and then you stop. And you go, oh no, that's not how I want to say it. You hit the backspace button. Right. And then you start again, Then you hit the backspace button. Self-editing, it'll kill you. It will You will never get your book done we call it the brain dump. Get all your thoughts out of your head onto paper. Speak to write your book, then edit what you've spoken. I do this in emails as well. I don't type many emails. I speak them and then I edit what I said. Do the mm-hmm. same thing with text. It's just so much faster. I think better auditorially. I do. That's People what I mean. <laughs> That's what I said. Never write a book. Speak to write your book.
0: And I'll add to that a little bit because one of the ways that I've done a lot, because I hate to write. I, one of the reasons I have a podcast. People ask me all the time. They're like, "Why did you start a podcast?" I'm like, "Because I don't want to write a blog or a newsletter. It's right. a lot easier to stick a microphone in my face and let, let me talk. I enjoy that. Absolutely. I'm good at it. I'm not good at writing. <laughs> I actually right. am. I'm good at writing. I just don't enjoy doing it at all. It's a painful Absolutely. experience. It takes a lot of time and energy for me. But I'll even take take my phone. Put on your Bluetooth headphones, turn on the voice app to record and go for a walk. Just Perfect. talk while I'm on a walk. Because for me, at least, that physical activity of being out and walking helps me come up with stories and ideas and whatever. And like you said, not editing as you go. It's If you're just recording into a voice app, <laughs>
1: it's pretty much impossible to edit as you go. It is. No, and that's exactly what people should do is just put it in. I do a lot when I'm driving. I'll take a three or four hour drive to a different city and I'll just, uh, I'll open up a Google doc or a voice thing and I'll just, ideas. Oh yeah, here's what I need to do. And good golly, doctors have been doing this. Lawyers have been doing this, dictating forever. It's not a new technology. We just don't, we haven't made that bridge. We haven't crossed that bridge that you can do that for a book. Absolutely you can. You can do it for a white paper. You can do it for, you can do it for anything. And with the technology with phones and it's super simple. It's also when you create, when you think about creating a book or something, it's building the outline first. Sure. Doing that, but then
0: knock talk it within out. the outline. Talk oh, to the outline. Yeah. yeah. So much easier. So much faster. Again, it comes down to you've got to have the roadmap to fill, in the, to fill in the roads. That's what the outline is it, first. Let's put the roadmap together and then let's talk to the roadmap. Absolutely. And again, the other fun thing... You can always change it later too. It's
1: well, totally. Yeah. I've updated my book three or four times, so it's no big deal.
0: And like we talked about before we started on this show and I when people mess up on a podcast, I'm like, that's one of the beauties of a podcast is we could stop, reset, yep. edit that out, and you never know it happened, you know? That's the point. So we talked earlier about how Every business out there has the same problem in some way, (laughs) which is getting clients and getting customers and getting the people to purchase their service. What do you see as both the challenge in that? Why is that a problem that we all have? And
1: what are some of the solutions that you see for that? Yeah. So the biggest challenge, honestly, is the commoditization of everything. There's so much competition, right? So every business owner, I say, looks like a coffee bean. Okay, I'm a coffee lover, Scott. And, but if you open a bag of coffee and you pour out the coffee beans on the table in front of you, they all look the same and they smell the same. And in your business, if you look like and sound like everybody else in your industry, why should I choose you? Mm. And I always tell business owners, you've got to differentiate yourself. Don't be a coffee bean. Okay, great. How do you do that? Let me tell you a story of a client of ours. He came to us, a commodity business. He was a home inspector. Okay, That's pretty commodity. And he says, I want to write a book. I want to make a difference. I want to be an Amazon bestseller. I said, great. Tell me your story. So we asked him our questions, found out that on the side, nights and weekends, he's a football, high school football referee. Yeah. Mm. Okay. He loves it. That's what, that's his passion. He's like, there are so many similarities because between what I do on the football field and what I do in home inspection, they both have rules. They both have games. They both have flags and, and things. And we got that. We said, Chris, that's it. <laughs> and he looks at me, and says, that's what I said, that's your position. That's your differentiating point. So we created him uh, when we published his book. His book is called the official guide to home inspections, <laughs> official, get it we made him America's home inspection referee. Now you can see this because we're on video. he has got He's wearing his uniform, his referee uniform with his white hat. He's got his whistle around. When he does home inspections, that's what he looks like. When he goes out to the realtor's offices where he gets his business, his, his centers right. of revenue, he's wearing his uniform and he's handing out now his book, but he could hand out anything, right? So he has a very unique approach and message that differentiates him from all the other home inspectors. Well, I'm a home inspector. I'm a ho- No, I'm a home inspection referee. And guess what? When he does his home inspection, then he finds something wrong with the plumbing or whatever. He puts a little yellow flag on it. <laughs> okay. I figured he blew a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. It, but that, whether he did a book or not, okay, right. he does billboard advertising in, in, in the city. Guess what Same his billboard advertising look like? A referee, right? So we took something he was passionate about and connected it with his business and created this brand for him that is very unique. Now he has an easier time talking with prospects, a more fun experience when he's inspecting the home, and price elasticity. He can charge more than the other home inspector because he's not a commodity. He went from the bottom shelf commodity, like peas, right? To the top shelf, recognized expert in his market, not because he did a book, that helped, but because we connected his passion for refereeing with what he does every day. Every business owner can do that. They have that story that connects at some level. I just find business owners don't do that, but that's how you, that's one way to solve that issue of, I need more clients, don't be a coffee bean. Don't be a coffee bee. The other part of
0: that, that I want to point out, and I think you'd agree, is in some ways that's actually advan- an advantage that small businesses have, the Google oh. and the Geico and the whatever, is because we're small, we can be that recognizable. He's the face there. He He's a recognizable person, not yes. just
1: this big entity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know some guys who are insurance agents for farmers or shelters or something they are in, they're in prison they can only do certain types of marketing they always have to get everything approved if you were an independent insurance agent going against them and you could do something like chris did you're going to get so much more business because it's more fun you're not constrained so absolutely small business owners are, have much more flexibility and freedom to do marketing that is more fun, to insert your personality into your marketing because there's really what's lacking in most Mm -hmm. marketing. I mean, go to a dozen websites and read them. They're boring. They'll put you to sleep most of the time (laughs) because they're always talking about me. That's not what you need to be talking about. You need to be sharing your story, letting people relate to you because that's where credibility and trust is really built is through conversations, whether they're one-to-one like this, whether through a book, a podcast, a video, spending time with somebody—that's how we really get to know, trust them, and then really have confidence that they're the person for me. Mm-hmm.
0: And as as and it isn't just because. <laughs> and I think again, I want to put this out here just because we've been talking a lot about recognizable or clever one of the plumbers in our town has the slogan, Blue Frog Plumbing, and their slogan is, we'll hop right to it. There and, you know. That kind of thing. But it's not just the slogan or the recognizable logo or the he has the picture of the guy in the referee costume outfit. It It's not just that those are catchy or clever or memorable. It's that they connect with the passion behind it. Again, like for the hop to it, their big thing is they're actually, they show up on time. Yes. And it's not, we'll be there between eight and three. It's, we'll be there between eight and nine. And they're there between eight and nine, that kind of thing. So it's that, it's the idea of having more than just a clever logo. (laughs) You know, there's going to be more
1: behind it. Absolutely. Because what they did is they connected with the pain point of their audience. They knew what their audience is, what the pain point really is. I don't have time to wait four hours for you to show up. Okay. Oh, you're going to be here within a 30 minute, 45 minute. Great. I've got an HVAC company around the block from me. Their line is, we're there when we say, or you don't pay. Very similar. And it's like, okay, thank you. I will pay more money to have you here on time because I don't, I make more money when I'm working. You're right. It's not just. Plus a fancy, Plus, I'm less frustrated. I'm happier. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. All of that and how you present yourself. It's really what they're saying is this is our corporate identity. This is our mm-hmm. DNA of our company. We understand that you're busy and we want to serve you. That's why we hop to it. If you got a plumbing problem, oh, we're going to get it fixed because nobody likes plumbing. Problem, right? That is a message that. They could tell a thousand different stories around that, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that, but you're right. It's not just coming up with something catchy. It's connecting it with the pain point of your audience to say, oh, you're different. Yes, we are.
0: Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to point that out is because, again, I work with people a lot of times that are trying to start coaching businesses. And again, one of the first questions, I need a website. I need a logo. I need. And it's, yes, you may need those things, but don't start there. Let's back right. up a step and start with what are you yeah. actually doing and why are you doing it? And then we'll figure out the other stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, dude, and work with Scott and his team to make sure that you get your messaging right before you build the website. Yeah, Because yeah. otherwise you'll have some web developer to get you some wonderful looking website that does $5, that. $5,000 so website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. No, the, the the message comes first. The design should follow. And again, that gets back
0: to the messaging you're putting out in the book on marketing, too. The same, that's what we just talked about. It's it message first. Yeah. Like you said, the book is a tool.
1: It's a tool. And you work
0: with people to do it. And it's a really powerful tool. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean everybody on the planet needs to write a book. <laughs> it
1: doesn't. In, in fact, I mean, we've got a couple coaching programs, right? One, of our low end coaching program is an eight week program. And anybody can go through that because we focus on message. Because I have a lot of people calling me and meeting with me, and we realize through a conversation they're not ready for a book. Mm-hmm. They're too and it's like, okay, time out. Let's do this first. Let's get your message crystal clear. We'll give you a couple marketing systems to start generating some money. Let's have a conversation in about six months. Let's see where you are then. But your message, you don't even know. I talked to a financial advisor a couple three weeks ago. I'm like, what are you trying to do? He's like, I really don't know if I want to go this way or that way. I'm like, dude, you are not doing a book yet. So he's in my coaching program to clarify, what's it, who's he going after? What's his message? We finally got his message. Great. Now, what's the next best step for you? Probably not a book yet. It's common, but not yet. Let's get some revenue. Let's do some other things. Build some revenue. Then, maybe. So you're right. Yeah. And build
0: build some experience and some stories too,
1: because- (laughs) <laughs> but the book's going to be filled with the stories, right? Cuz right. people resonate with stories. They'll remember you will remember and your audience will remember my prison escape story more probably than anything else we say, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it's the stories that capture our attention and cause us to remember. So I've got a few questions that I like to
0: ask everybody, but before I ask those, is there anything else you'd like to share
1: about your coaching, your book, the message that you put out? Just to reiterate, It comes back to your message, your story. Be yourself, but tell your story in a fun, unique way. That's really the core of everything. So stop chasing all of the shiny objects, all of the promises, the purple pills. Isolate your message that separates you from everybody else and camp there. That's going to do more for your business than anything else.
0: So, the first question that I want to ask, and you mentioned it earlier, you said this business of yours is yours to steward. And yeah. stewardship is one of those words. That's my brand. That's how I run my thinking. I talk, yeah. to, I say I'm a stewardship coach. I help people with time, talent, and treasures, all of that. And yet I've discovered over the years that that word means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Yes. So, what does the word stewardship actually mean to you? And what do you think the impact of that understanding has been on your life?
1: Yeah. My understanding of stewardship really came from Randy Alcorn when he wrote his book, Money, Possessions, and Eternity. Mm -hmm. And I've read that book probably not less than 20 times. But he talks about there and he unpacks Matthew 25, the the guy who gets five talents, two talents, one talent. Terrible. And a little line in the scriptures there, it says the owner gave those talents to those people, each according to their ability. Mm -hmm. And so some of us, Scott, are two talent people. Some of us are five talent people. I need to use whatever talents I have been given and use them to grow, to multiply, right? I don't need to look at you in envy because you have five and I only have two. And I don't need to look down on the guy who has one and be prideful that I have two and you have one. No, it's it's kind of like when Jesus was walking with, with Peter there at the very end, right, of the gospels. And Peter said, hey, what about that guy back there? And Jesus says, don't worry about him. You follow me. Yeah. And it's like, okay, stewardship is about I don't own any of this. This is all given, everything that I have. And I am to use it to multiply it. It's funny in that parable in Matthew 25, the owner left. He said, Scott, here you go. I'm leaving. He didn't come back and micromanage. He he came back. But what did you do with them? You went out and started trading. You started doing things using your ability, your mind, your thought, your defense, right? That's what stewardship is. It's taking what we've been given. Realizing it's not ours at the end, but we're going to multiply it. We're going to bless people. We're going to grow it. And then at the end, after we've accumulated more, who got all the excess money, Scott? Did the servant or did the owner? owner. It all went back to the owner. It's all God's. I'll get commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I should be living for. And in the process, I'm going to bless a lot of people. And so that stewardship to me is taking whatever God gives me. And it, it could be money it could be relationships, it could be whatever, and stewarding them to be a blessing to others, to grow my life and to honor Christ in the process. That's how I look at stewardship.
0: So this is my favorite question, though I've been told by some of my guests it's their least favorite question. (laughs) Fair warning, if I invented this magic machine and I was able to pluck you out of the place where you stand today and transport you into the future 150, 200 years. And through the power of this machine, you were able to look back on your entire life and see all of the impacts, all of the connections, all of the relationships, what you've left behind as an impact. What impact do you hope you've had on the
1: world? That is a great question. I think for me, it's looking back and seeing that People understand life is really more about character than cash. Mm. And in, in America, we I think money is an idol in our land. And I think we chase it thinking that's happiness. That's going to buy me the happy, and it doesn't. It's understanding. If you I, I took it. My first mission trip was like 30-some-odd years ago to Jamaica, inland Jamaica. These people had nothing. And we were there serving them and things. But they were the most joyful people I'd ever been around. And I realized at that moment, money doesn't really run the world. I mean, we need it, but these people had very little, but they were super joyful. I knew people in America who had lots of money who were miserable wretches. It's like, wait a minute. So it's the character that we develop in others that's going to be generational legacy. Mm -hmm. You can add money to that, things, but it's the character that counts.
0: So what's on your roadmap? What's
1: coming next for you as you continue on this journey? Yeah. Um, we continue to build our business to run without me. And okay. That's one of my dreams and visions and goals. My youngest son or my eldest son, Caleb, works in the business with me. He's my chief operating officer. So we are actually building this business so he'll be able to take it over and it'll be a generational wealth building company for us, for our family. We're setting up foundations. Have you read the book Profit First? Okay. Yeah. So We operate on profit first. And I love that book, but we took it to the next level is we have our profit item that comes out right at the top. And then right underneath that, we created another envelope called giving first. Mm -hmm. And so through our business, we we have an objective to give a half a million dollars a year to the kingdom of God. And we're working toward that because we want our business to be a conduit of grace to the world. And again, this is not my business is God's. We've chosen, we, we've we connected with another ministry out there called Us Giving, mm-hmm. and they facilitate conversations around generosity. And through that, I've learned about other business owners who have put a cap on their income so that they can give more money away. And so Jill and I, my wife, we're looking at those things and putting caps on our income and saying, how are we structuring this thing that as God blesses our business, it's not so I can go buy my Ferrari and my second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth home, it's about giving more away. God's blessed us abundantly. I want to give. I want to be purposeful in our giving, not just for us, God. I want to teach our children and their children. I want their children to be raised with this mind, mindset that we are stewards, and that's the direction I'm heading. Is building into the next generation. I don't have grandkids yet, but I've got two married sons, so. How am I going to be impacting their children in the next 20 years through this business that God's allowed us to steward? That's what's on my radar.
0: Absolutely. You can follow Michael on Facebook or YouTube as Paperback Expert. You can also find him on LinkedIn under Michael Delon and that's spelled D-E-L-O-N. You can find out more about Michael and his coaching and the programs he was talking about over on his website at paperbackexpert.com. Of course, I'll have links to all of that over in the show notes as well. Michael, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener?
1: Scott, I would say be yourself. God has made you uniquely. You have gifts, talents, and abilities that he has given you that he wants you to use. Don't hide them under a lampshade, right? Take them out to the world. Be yourself. and use that to serve more people.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode Develop your influence and impact the world.